What's the scoop around the NBA? Let's find out with the Scoop on Hoops NBA podcast. This is your host, Cody Mallory, back with another episode of the Scoop on Hoops NBA podcast. Tonight, I am once again joined by my co-host, Joe Farrow. How's it going, man? Dude, it's been a wild week. There's been a lot of family parties going on. I went to the beach today, had off from work for Juneteenth, and I am burnt to a crisp. So that's fantastic, but I'm feeling good. A lot of NBA news to chat about. Uh, we haven't we haven't recorded it ever since I think like game two, game three or the finals or something like that. So I'm excited to get back into it. Yeah, man. I mean, once the NBA season ended, I took like a little brief mental break from Twitter, everything going on with the NBA. Like you said, there's been a new champion. There's been a all-star traded, um, players opting out. So there's a ton to go through. And I'm ready to dive back in. Me too, man. I couldn't have said it better. All right. So let's jump right into it with our What's the Scoop segment. And I think there's no other way to start than Bradley Beal on the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. That is a wild turn of events, to say the least. Yeah, um, dude, we, were, we were made in the uh, – we were told that he was going to be working with the Wizards to find a trade – um, obviously, he was the only player in the NBA to have a full no-trade clause. And honestly, Joe, given the way this turned out, I think he will be the last player in the NBA to ever have this no-trade clause. Yeah, to have a full no-trade clause, at least. Like, at least like we've seen before, there's been like partial guarantees like in other sports. Like I believe last year, the blockbuster trade in the MLB for Juan Soto was held up because I believe it was Eric Hosmer. He was being dealt and he decided to wait, like not to waive his no trade clause. And they had to complete the deal with a separate player and then reroute Eric Hosmer to another team. So it's like stuff like this happens in sports. And like the return that they got for Bradley Beal was like absurdly low for the caliber of player that Bradley Beal is. We've seen guys a lot, a lot worse than Bradley Beal go for a lot more, I would say. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the full no-trade clause, I would be shocked to see in the NBA ever again after this. Yeah, and I, I don't think the trade's officially finalized yet. I think Washington's trying to reroute Chris Paul somewhere else. Um, but they also have been so reported the return, by... Dive into the return real quick. It was yep. Chris Paul, Landry Shamit, two first-round pick swaps, and three second-rounders. So not even, they, not even any unprotected firsts. So they, the the Suns do not control their own first round pick for the rest of the decade, <laughs> which is absolutely insane. Obviously, the other picks and swaps went to the Nets in the Durant trade. They also the Wizards gave up Jordan Goodwin and Isaiah Todd, who like they aren't studs by any means, but I mean Todd was the thirty first pick in twenty twenty one. So Isaiah Todd is going to be Isaiah Todd is probably going to play a big role for them off the bench next year. Yeah, just because of the lack of depth they have now with trading literally everything they have and no draft picks to really recoup that. It's going to be all vet minimum guys, which I mean there should be no shortage of guys wanting to go to Phoenix right now. But at the same time, it's like vet minimum vet minimum guys are vet minimum guys for a reason, you know? Yeah, I mean the Wizards essentially. Salary dumped Bradley Beal. Like, that's what it was. It was, ended up being a dump. And, like, this is a guy who t- three years ago, two years ago, 
back-to-back seasons averaged over 30 points a game. His contract is really bad. Like, it's it's up there for one of the worst contracts in the NBA just because I think he, he has a Supermax, correct? Yep, Supermax. He had a Supermax with a full no-trade clause. I believe when he is 35 years old, he's going to be getting $60 million. Yeah, he's on a five-year, $251 million contract right now. And it's, back, it's backloaded. Yeah, backloaded, so correct. Like, I believe I, – I think 60 was a bit of an exaggeration, but I believe it's 57 or $58 million at 35 years old, which is where you start to see a decline in players – uh, like in star players at this point, like LeBron James is an anomaly and, and people like look at these star players on these contracts and they're like, Oh my God, like the salary cap, the inflation is going to go up by them. But it's like, okay, but like not everybody's going to be playing at their prime level until they're 39, 40 years old. Like LeBron is like, there's going to be a decline in right. these guys. Like, yes. Like a Jimmy Butler is great. Now a Bradley Beal is great. Now a, uh, a Damian Lillard is great. Now. But well, like by the time they are thirty five, they're all going to be making fifty eight plus million dollars, and like I, they could end up being some of the worst deals in the NBA at that point. Similar to how Kyle Lowry's thirty million right now is like ridiculous on the Heat. So it's like it's a kind of like it, it's a tough spot like to really gauge this right now because there's going to be an, a decline in some of these guys. But I, I'm, I'm personally in the camp like these contracts for some of these guys are like kind of ridiculous and I don't think they're going to age too well. So it's very much a win now move. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally, I think it's a good move for the Suns. They were able to retain, retain DeAndre Ayton, which I think is huge. They could try to trade him, get off his contract, get some role players back, which they desperately need. Um, Like you mentioned, like you mentioned, it's going to be a bunch of minimum guys around that. If they can't move in, which I think someone will want Ayton. Um, I think Shams reported there's been a lot of interest in him after the trade, kind of knowing the Suns are going to have to get off of him. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, also, if the Wizards can reroute Chris Paul anywhere, or if they ultimately just cut him slash buy him out at some point, um, where Chris Paul ends up, it's crazy. Just crazy. Like, it was reported, I think, what, Thursday or Friday that they were going to make this trade. It was, like, four days later that it happened. And the original trade, the original like alert didn't say like okay, Bradley Beal wants out, and, right. and like they're gonna trade him. The trade was the I mean, the tweet was if the wiz the Wizards are at a point where if Bradley Beal would like to move, they will accommodate him. And it's like he really didn't have a choice. They didn't really have a choice but to accommodate him. Like he had the full no trade clause. He he determined his fate honestly. And I think I also saw that it was reported that they got better offers from other teams, but Bradley Beal would not waive the no trade. They said they, they said they had an offer they liked more from the Miami Heat, and but mm-hmm. like Bradley Beal wouldn't waive it to go to the Heat. He wanted to be in Phoenix, which I don't blame him. Phoenix is beautiful, and he gets split with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. So, and I, I think the Milwaukee Bucks were also in on those trade talks, um, which is interesting because Chris Middleton's future is undecided with the Bucks. I think he ultimately stays, but. Yeah, that's awesome. Interesting, he stays. Inter- interesting that the uh, Bucks were also included in that. Yeah, I, so, I yeah. didn't necessarily expect them to be um, to be in on that type of scenario, especially when like I think a report came out a couple of weeks ago that like they want to keep Chris Middleton, and I'm sure that's like to make Giannis happy at this point because that's probably his guy. But right, it's like it's a. Uh, it was interesting to see them in there because, like, Chris Middleton would have had to be the guy to go. They just gave up, like, how many picks for Drew Holiday? They're not moving him already. I think they gave, they gave like, five picks 
for Drew Holiday. They're not getting rid of him. They would be getting rid of Middleton. Yeah. So that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, one last thing with Phoenix. I mean, it's way too early to say this, but there's already talks on social media, on ESPN shows of, oh, are the Phoenix Suns the early favorites for next year? It's like, man, we don't know what half the rosters are going to look like. How are you about to say who the favorite is? The sports book are probably going to put them at the favorites just because yeah. of the monster, and that's just how it works. But it really does depend on how they fill out that roster. Like you saw what the Nuggets did, bringing in guys on their vet, on their vet mints or their MLEs, like Bruce Brown, Jeff Green. They drafted Christian Brown in the first round, and those were really the only three guys that they used off the bench in their playoff run. So yeah. it's, it's tough. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. And, I mean, like, especially for them, like Kevin Durant over the last couple of years has had an injury history. Bradley Beal had uh, so, had the injury bug a little bit last year, and he's not, like, scoring 30 a game anymore, and he won't score 30 a game in Phoenix because of the sheer, like, offensive firepower that team has right now, even without the rest of the roster filled out. And then Devin Booker, over, I think he had the, he had an injury last year or whatever, but I, uh, he's usually completely okay. But it's more along Kevin the lines of Kevin Durant and hoping that all three of these guys stay healthy because that was the downfall of the last big three we saw in the league. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to think that if two of them are healthy, they'll be fine in the regular season to still be a top seed in the West. <laughs> it's it's like you said, once you get to the playoffs, can all three of them be healthy? If they are, they're definitely going to be a force. I mean, Bradley Beal as a number three option is insane. Like, there's a lot of people saying, like, Bradley Beal's trash, like, he's washed, he's not good, overpaid. Like, yeah, the contract's bad, but He's still a borderline all-star player. Just because he's been rotting in Washington, people forgot the type of player that he is. He's one of the best scorers in the league, period. Right. Like, the Suns didn't just go into a financial shithole for the next and lose all their picks for the next decade or whatever for a scrub. Like He's still a very good player. Those three together are going to be an absolute force in the West. Absolutely. Um, all right. Some other news. Um, so this is kind of expected, but uh, Golden State's Draymond Green officially declined his player option. Um, Rich Paul, his agent, told ESPN, and I quote, we'll continue to talk to Golden State and explore all options. Um, Woj was rumoring to re-sign with the Warriors, exploring sign and trades and free agency. Um, and that the Warriors are motivated to sign Draymond to a new deal, and Draymond's made it rumored that he wants a three-year contract to line up with Steph Curry. I mean, it makes a lot of sense on his behalf, but also it's like, why don't you take your big payday now and try to get a two-year bet? Try to get a two-year deal the year after. Like he's not going to be getting thirty million again or close to it, whatever he was making. Yeah, I wouldn't so, think so. Like he doesn't provide the same value because, like, I mean, I believe the last time. He got paid like he was like still like a semi decent scorer. You know, like he was providing at least something on the offensive end. Now he's literally providing nothing. He's almost a zero on that end of the floor at this point. But it's, I don't think it's really news. I think he does end up back with Golden State because they want to keep him around. But I mean, another spot would, but it's like if he's going to take a pay cut, like why would he pay, take a pay cut to play anywhere else but the Warriors? Right. Um, it just makes a lot of sense for him to go back. But, I mean, if I was him, I probably would have taken the one-year bag and then gotten a two-year – like extended it for two years or something midseason. 
Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I think ultimately he ends back up with Golden State. I don't know the contract details, um, but I just I don't think their run is over personally. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. Um, You're gonna try to find. Keep- Sorry, what's up? They're going to try to keep the band together, for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, we finally got a decision on John Morant. Uh, yeah. He was suspended for 25 games. Shams Tarani reported he'll be required to meet certain conditions by the NBA before return to action for the Grizzlies. He will be ineligible to, to participate in any league or team activities during his suspension. So a little more than a quarter of the season. He was suspended for pretty harsh. Um, what are your thoughts, Joe? Um, I think it's about a fair punishment because it's like a, his second offense in a three-month time period. I believe the NBA probably wanted to set a precedent with this in like the modern era. Um, he got, and now like we also have to mention now he's with missing twenty-five games. He will not be able to play sixty-five games. He won't be able to make All NBA, um, All Star, uh, MVP anything of that nature, any end of season awards, he won't be eligible for. So he's going to be losing a lot of money. I believe, I believe they said he's probably going to be losing like, like between like eight and $16 million, depending on what he does when he comes back or something like that um, with the suspension. So it's like, it's harsh. It's, it's a loss in money for him and he's not going to, and it's going to hurt his team. So, and now there's a precedent if something like this were to happen again, so it's a it's I believe it was fair for the most part. I mean, just because it's a second offense and apparently the first time in his meeting with Adam Silver, he swore up and down that like it wasn't going to happen again and he learned his lesson. So I feel like he had to make it like a big deal this time around. So, I, I mean, I'm glad we finally got the decision. It sucks for the Grizzlies, especially because the West is so loaded. And they might be a lower – they're probably going to be a lower tier – like a lower tier uh, playoff team by the time the playoff comes around if they are able to still get in. But I believe it was fair overall, I'd say. Yeah, I think it's fair. I don't think it was too harsh, like you said. Um, 25 games is what it is. Sucks. Obviously, we want to see John Morant playing basketball. But is what it is. Uh, Joe, real quick. I just want to fly through a couple of things. Um, so the Team USA's roster for FIBA World Cup 2023 is that final roster is Mikel Bridges, Jalen Brunson, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Brandon Ingram, Jaron Jackson Jr. I believe the last time we spoke, all of those guys were already committed to the team, as well as Bobby Portis. Then we added Cam Johnson from the Nets, Walker Kessler from the Jazz, and Austin Reeves from the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, it looks like a it looks like a fun team to watch. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, still at this point, might be screaming silver medal, but like also, I don't, <laughs> I still don't know what like the other teams are looking like at the moment. But I think it'll be fun to watch that group play together. There's a lot of like interesting pieces on that team, for sure. And it'll it should be a lot of these guys are playing there for the first time. I don't know yep. if anyone's even really played there before, but um. I'm excited to see it, honestly, to see some of these guys and see how they handle the different style of basketball that is like Team USA. Yeah. A lot of young guys trying to make their names. Um, kind of small roster, but I think that's yeah. kind of more international play. Yeah. So. Um, 
Smaller news, Danilo Gallinari exercised his $6.8 million player option return to the Boston Celtics. Knee shattering. Yeah. Obviously, he didn't play at all last year. <laughs> um, I don't think there's much to talk about with that. Yeah. Mike Dunleavy Jr. is the new general manager for the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. Nothing to really talk about with that. Michael Jordan is selling his – Majority stake, majority stake of the Charlotte Hornets, um, for I think I saw three billion dollars. I think it was thirteen. Oh no, 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 wait, no. Three billion dollar valuation. Yeah, yeah, my bad, my bad. And I think he's staying on as like an advisor. Like they're Probably coming consulting kind of thing. Yeah, they're having Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller work out for the team again, which we haven't even mentioned. The NBA draft is this Thursday, but so. Looks like MJ will still be involved somehow. Um, and Dame Lillard and the Trailblazers are still the team to watch, in my opinion, leading up to this NBA draft on Thursday. Will they use the number three pick? Will they trade it? There's been rumors going both ways. Obviously, Dame wants a running mate, another co-star that he can win with. Um, I think they would be dumb to trade the third pick, especially if there's a chance Scoot Henderson's there. But that's something that I know we've said before, Joe, but the draft, like free agency, is really going to hinge on that. Yeah. Especially especially after the Miami Heat. I mean, I don't know if it was just a PR stunt, but they kind of made it out like they really weren't in on Bradley Beal and they're waiting for Dame. Yeah, I mean, the Heat are just in a position where they're hoping to God that the Blazers use that third overall pick and they could try to make a suitable offer for Damian Lilly because right now the word on the street is the Portland Trailblazers want to keep Dame, but they have no interest in trading the third overall pick and Dame doesn't want to stay if they don't trade that third overall pick to get a star next to him. So it's like, it seems like that the Heat are just praying that they use that third overall pick and that they can come in with the best offer for Damian Lilly. Which... There are teams like the Nets who can offer more picks and everything, but should they do that? Who knows? I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. But <laughs> I wouldn't. It's, it's going to be something to keep an eye on. I believe Dame cannot be traded like officially until July 9. Why is um, there some weird restriction with the contract? Yeah, I don't know what it is exactly. I just remember reading it. He might have signed yeah, but, his extension on that date, like last year, and it's like a like no trade for the first year or something like that, or trade restriction. Yeah, they can like, uh, they can, I mean, they could agree to terms. Obviously, they just can't officially do the transaction. Yeah. So that's something to keep an eye on. And then, real quick, there's been reports of the Pelicans trying to move up to that second pick, um, off of the Hornets. There's been a lot of Zion rumors, a lot going on with Zion. But Shams Shams reported that the Hornets would want Brandon Ingram instead of Zion for the second overall pick. Correct, which makes it interesting because I don't think they'd give up Ingram for the pick, personally. I don't think they should either. And the other interesting part about it is, like, I think a report came out that, like, the Hornets would want, like, the sun, the the moon, the stars, and a beachfront property or something (laughs) like that. Second overall pick, and then they're like, yeah, Brandon Ingram. 
<laughs> I do. Uh, it's funny. No, yeah. no, not, no knock on Brandon Ingram, but it's like you're gonna say all that and then just be like, "Yeah, we want Brandon Ingram." We want Brandon Ingram. <laughs> like that's like, give me screaming, give me Iguodala. <laughs> so Zion's another potential name to keep an eye on. I mean, yeah, they said they said there was people in the front office that uh that are like that were like taken back by the uh by like the whole online fiasco with Zion and his multiple baby mamas and everything like that. Like I don't know. Bro, that shit's insane, dude. This woman won't stop talking. Bro, she tweets at him like legitimately hundreds of times a day. It's it's like give it up. Like he's clearly he clearly has a different interest. It's crazy, but Zion, another name to keep an eye on. Did I miss anything, Joe? There's a lot of rumors floating out there. I tried to, like, sort through what's credible. I don't want to just bombard everyone with every rumor we see on Twitter because we would be here for hours and no one wants that, including myself. (laughs) I mean, I think the last thing is we have a new NBA champion. We didn't really run through that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're about to get get to that. Don't you worry. I think that's about it, though, rumors-wise. So, yeah. NBA champion, I mean, the Denver Nuggets, I think, no surprise. Jokic, finals MVP, no surprise. I just want to say, like, listening to Jokic in press conferences, like, he's very quickly becoming one of my favorite players in the NBA. The guy's hilarious. He is the best. (laughs) He was like – did you hear the reason why, like, at that one press conference, they said, oh, when is the parade? And they said Friday. Yeah. And he was like, like, he was like, no, I want to go home. <laughs> yeah. And then was like, they were like, you'll go home Friday. And then he was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but apparently his family in Serbia or whatever had some sort of horse race, like an important horse race, like that his family was like a part of kind of thing. And like, that's why he wanted to be home. Like, I think that was on Sunday. He just wanted to be home in time. <laughs> so... <laughs> That was the whole deal with it. And then, yeah, and then, and then at the parade, like he he literally acknowledged like what he said, and he was like, he was like, I know I said I didn't want to stay at parade, but I want to fucking stay at parade. This is awesome. <laughs> like he was so wasted. Mike Malone was absurdly oh my like God. He was hilarious. That guy was so far gone. That team in general just is like such a bundle of joy to watch. <laughs> yeah, and. Well deserved. I know we've talked about it before, but there was a lot of hate saying, "Oh, they beat like a seven seed, an eight seed, an eight seed, or whatever." It's like they were it? top seed. They took care of business. The higher seeds clearly didn't. That's not the Nuggets' fault, and they beat who was in front of them. And they were dominant throughout the entire postseason and a majority of the regular season too. Like they were the top seed in the West. Yeah, I mean, it's like the West is the tougher conference for sure. They were the number one team on that side. They they just played who was in front of them and quite simply beat the shit out of everybody who was who was in front of them. It's like he can't control yeah. teams, what other teams win. That's why I hate that narrative. It's like a weak championship. It's like have you did you see what Jokic did? Like he had the most points, rebounds, and assists in a playoff run in NBA history. Like yeah. he's another he's on another level. He's quite easily the best player on the planet. And I'm so happy he got his championship after he already has two MVPs. If he wins maybe another championship and another MVP, he could be in conversation for like top 10 player that we've ever seen. But right now, currently, he is the best player in the league without a question. I agree. 100% agree. I think he also had like the most triple doubles in a single postseason when he was like 
had several games left to go. So totally dominated. I'm happy for the Nuggets. Like we said before, it's one of those teams that kind of stuck it out with the same coach, same core, added better role players, didn't blow it up, no stars like Murray or Jokic requested a trade. And it's refreshing to see a team like that win a championship, especially in this era where it's like, oh, we lost one playoff run. I want to trade. Get me out of here. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, again, congrats to the Nuggets. They were just the, like the most superior team, clearly head and shoulders above everybody throughout the entire playoffs. And it's like yeah. they deserved it, honestly. They really did. Like it didn't really seem that there was much of a another clear cut option once they. What you saw, like the first, like game one against the Lakers, it was just like, okay, like now for sure, like nobody's stopping these guys. Like literally nobody's stopping these guys. And it's like, it was evident early in the playoffs too, but there's so many teams left, so many possibilities, so many games left to play. But it's like when you're at those final four teams and you see like game one versus the Lakers and you just see how Jokic is operating and there's zero sign of like him slowing down. It was, it was, it was a ball game from there for me. And then um, from NBA PR, the 2023 NBA playoffs were the most watched playoffs in the last five years. Yep. Joe, like, what were your thoughts in general of just the entire postseason? Kind of looking back and reflecting at it, honestly, for me, it was it ended up being pretty underwhelming. Like, I had high hopes, and I think, like, the beginning of the postseason was better than the finals and, like, the conference finals. Yeah, I mean, early on in the postseason, because there was a lot of teams that like, and there was a lot of guys on the big stage that we haven't necessarily seen before. It was like a nice mix of like seeing like a team like the Kings be out there and like put up a great fight against like the Golden State Warriors. And then you get you get a LeBron versus Steph Curry series as well. And then you get you get the Nuggets going on a finals run and then you see. You get to see um, the Miami Heat, an eight seed, make it all the way to the finals, like just complete upset after upset. I feel like it was exciting throughout. It was probably underwhelming in the fact that like there was there wasn't like that many like very very close games throughout the postseason. Yeah. But like I mean like, but I thought it was very entertaining overall. I enjoyed the hell out of this year's playoffs. Yeah. It's, I agree. I, I just think, like, round one was almost, like, the best round, which is pretty rare. Honestly, yeah, but round one, round one was really good, honestly. <laughs> and, like, I, the conference finals and then the finals were very underwhelming, in my opinion. Yeah, they were, for sure. Because it was, like, because the Heat go up 3-0. <laughs> and it's, like, then we're just waiting to see the Celtics make it all the way back. And right. they make it to game seven in Boston, and they throw up a stinker, and they lose. Um, The Lakers get swept by the Nuggets, but they were just clearly the better team, outgunned and outmanned kind of situation. And then and then it's like you have an eight seed versus the the best team in basketball all year in the finals. And it's just like, okay, like how many games does the Heat realistically take? Like one, two, like if not being swept. So it was kind of just like it kind of felt like once the conference finals were like halfway over that it was already over and you already knew what the finals was going to be. And it was a whole lot of like waiting around. And then once you found out the matchup, it was like, okay, like this is going to wrap up at like pretty quick. Yeah. And it was like doubting the heat, bold strategy, but they pretty much got manhandled, honestly. <laughs> and I just want to talk about one last thing for that. Uh, so game four, they are sorry, game five, 
they hyped up the return of Tyler Hero for this man to be a DNP coach's decision. Like they, they scored, they hyped it up points. since game three. They scored eighty nine <laughs> points in an elimination game, and they don't even let the they don't even let him play. Like he's a talented offensive player, like can get his own bucket. I don't understand why they didn't give him a chance. Wait, I know, what like was this year, twenty one, nineteen, like but in that area between nineteen yeah. and twenty, it's like. You need that scoring. Like, Jimmy Butler was going out there just trying to do stuff that he didn't do all year, trying to get you guys to advance. You had Caleb Martin trying to go up and put up 20 every night. Like, you couldn't yeah. use Tyler Hero. That's for sure. Tyler, Tyler Hero averaged over 20 points per game the last two seasons. Yeah, okay. So, it's like, bro, like, there's a 20-point-per-game score. You want him out there. I can't. Oh, it was an elimination oh, game. Yeah. In, Den- in Denver – I get it. It's like he hasn't played since the opening round. Like, is he fully healthy? Who knows? Is he conditioned? Who knows? But, like, what did you have to lose is my big thing. Like, so what? He misses shots. Everyone else on your team can't score either. And Jimmy Butler was largely unimpressive in that entire I mean, series. Even just, even just to be a decoy. We've seen that. Right. Times. I mean, the most notable one recently. I mean, uh, Cody, you know this as well as anybody, but remember the the Nets' big three when James Harden like hurt his hamstring, and mm-hmm. I believe Kyrie was out as well. But James right. Harden just to be a decoy, just so KD can have like at least some sort of like single coverage to go out there and score and score fifty points and push it like push the Bucks to seven when they were like literally playing with only Kevin Durant. <laughs> so it's like we've seen it. We've seen it happen before, but I feel like why don't you let him get some burn out there and like. It was literally his hand. Like it's not like he was like immobile. Right. Like, it wasn't like a crazy like James Harden literally had like a grade two hamstring strain. Yeah. Strain. And he was so just I, out there running for like thirty minutes. Like he wasn't even running. He was like speed walking. Yeah, like be- a brisk jog at best. But like, I, yeah. And it's like I just don't. I don't understand it. I know they probably weren't going to win the series or the game anyways. But like, what did they have to lose? Yeah. It's like uh, throw shit at the wall and see what sticks at that point. Right? Um, so, Joe, we haven't recorded in a while. And like I said, I was just taking like a little cleanse. The plan is still to drop at least two episodes a week. It is currently Monday night when we are recording this. Um, the NBA draft coming Thursday. You got any bold predictions or one bold prediction you want to throw out there, Joe? Mm, bold prediction. Um. I believe there there will be at least one trade within the top five. That's my. Okay. I'll go with there's one trade within the top five at least. See, I was going to go the exact opposite. I know we just spent 30 minutes or 25 minutes talking about all these rumors. I'm going to say that I don't think any crazy trades are going to happen, truthfully. I yeah. think everyone's going to kind of stay pat. I mean, we might see some teams move up a couple spots. Um, keep an eye. I know I keep harping on the Nets. Keep an eye on the Nets. They pick back to back. Maybe they try to move up to that Lakers 17 pick or something. Is it the guy they like on the board? I can see teams making minor moves like that, but I don't expect like Zion to get traded on draft yeah. night or anything crazy like that. Yeah, I don't see that happening, but I think if anything, like teams could swap places in the draft or something like that. Um, look, I mean, I could see somebody trying to jump up to four with the Rockets or somebody yeah. trying to with the Pistons, like, I can see that happening, too. Fair. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Um, I don't think, I honestly, 
don't think anything too crazy will happen. I don't think the Blazers trade the pick, honestly. I don't think the Hornets trade the pick either. Um, one, two, some teams trading back and some teams trading up. Like the Lakers apparently want to move back. The Nets want to move up. The Pacers apparently want to move back. The Wizards want to move like back up, back end. Like they want to move back for one pick and up with another pick. Like I don't know what they're trying to do, but like they're it's it's all over the place. That's why you got to love draft season. Yeah. And we're three days away. It's crazy yep. how fast it like the NBA goes like playoffs, finals major trade draft like free agencies Reese right around the corner yeah then there's a summer league uh, it's crazy you no this year at least <laughs> yeah oh god man i also think it's going wemby miller and scoot that's my prediction on the top three. Oh, i'll do one better i'll go wemby miller scoot and then cam whitmore one- <laughs> Well, why don't you just predict the whole draft, man? God, you always gotta show me up. Sorry, I, I just like Cam Whitmore a lot. I think he would fit really good in Houston, though. <laughs> that, yeah, that's why yeah. I, I say that. I can see that for sure. <laughs> Anything we missed, Joe? Anything you want to talk about? I think we covered it all for the most part. I mean, Zach Levine is also being dangled out there, but that's another. See, Zach Levine, man, I I think he's another player kind of in, like, the Bradley Beal territory where he's been rotting in Chicago, and, like, I think he's a pretty damn good player that would make a team a lot better. Yeah, he he definitely would make a team a lot better, but then it's like, do the Bulls fully blow it up at that point? Because then you have other contracts that you can move and get valuable pieces from. Like, you have DeMar DeRozan and Nicole Vucevic. Like, there's guys that move out there. They're like rumored to want to give Vukovic this huge contract. Yeah, it's like an extension or something like that. I don't know why. But that's like I was gonna say why. He was pretty good in the second half last year, but it's like for yeah. what? No, he's a good player. Like he's he's one of the top ten centers in the NBA. I think it's just oh, yeah. why the Bulls just don't make sense to me to do that. I mean, yeah, they went all in a couple years ago with the Vucevic trade, and yeah. then they ended up getting. I believe Demar came after Vuce, right? Mm, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so, but, like, and it just hasn't worked. I mean, there comes a point in time where you got to realize that and you got to go your separate ways. The Bulls are primed to, like, just let that Lonzo deal play out for a little bit and then trade everybody else, honestly. Like, just go into your rebuild. Yeah, they should have done it at the deadline, in my opinion. Should Obviously, they ended up missing the playoffs anyways. They lost in the play-in, so they should have just done it at the deadline. And meanwhile, they had a they had a lead on the Miami Heat with like four minutes to go, like a ten point lead, and they blew it. And then the Heat go all the way to the finals. Man, the NBA skip writers, they did not miss this year. Really, they really put in some overtime right before the writers' strike. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. But anything else, Joe? I think that's it. All right, Bradley Beals traded NBA draft on Thursday night. Let's wrap up here, Joe. Thank you for listening to the Scoop on Hoops NBA podcast. Please subscribe, like, comment, and share. We greatly appreciate all the support. Until next time, bye bye